spookiest month of them all. Week four at Raiders at the Chargers. Um, final score, 17-24. Um, Chargers took one out of the division here tonight. Uh, but we do have our brother Max with, with us straight off the flight. Max, man, I'm going to pass this over to you, brother. Uh, just opening thoughts and thoughts on the game as a whole. Yeah. Um, first off, big shout-out to the fan base. Raider Nation was out in full effect. I think they filled 70% of the stadium. Um, so big shout-out to the fans. Everyone showing love regardless, win or loss. Always coming hot. We already know that. Um, yeah, we lost by a touchdown. It was a hard-fought game. Uh, similar to last week in Pittsburgh, you know, we uh, – Started kind of slow, they got a lead, and then we started inching back in the game and made it competitive. So, yeah, it really comes down to the little things, and that's what we didn't execute well enough tonight. That's the hardest part about it. Um, all the way down to the three-yard line, we get a turnover, got to get another stop, and it's just, you know, that's, that's the business. You know, it comes down to five or six plays every single week, so it sucks. Every time you go and play a divisional opponent, especially the Chargers, you want to win. Um, but well, we gotta bounce back. That's you know that's the beauty of this game. Uh, there's so much that goes on, but it's all in the details. Um, it's a little of shit that that separates good teams from great ones, and you know that's what we're working on. And you know we're one and three at the end of the day, and we we have to win next week. We're playing uh, we're playing Monday Night Football versus the Packers. Huge game coming up, so we're we're fired up for it. I before I jump into all of this though, before we get on the topic of Farva from Super Troopers, Aiden O'Connell, um, <clears throat> which, hey, fucking killer stash he has. I'm, I'm a huge great fan stash. of it. it looks, great stash, right? I don't know if anyone's mm -hmm. in there lathering that bad boy up for him, but it looks awesome. I don't know if he's taking a page out of Kelsey's book or what, uh, but shit, I can get fully behind that. Um, pause. But <laughs> another thing that I'd like to say before I jump into it, you like that? When I heard that he was getting the, uh, the nod today, Max, Man, it took me back to my rookie year. I can I can for sure say that. And also another rookie getting the nod today for the Browns, DTR. Um, man, it just gave me PTSD back to my rookie year, right? The 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 transition it takes from college ball all over on the way over to uh, professional ball. It's different, as you know, as everyone knows, especially at the quarterback position. It's fucking it's heightened, man. It really is. And um, sure, you guys can simulate the game and all that stuff in practice and get in there in the film room and do all that stuff, but really it comes down to, uh, you know, getting out there in live action. So I uh, just want to pass over to you, man. I know, did you ever little bro uh, Farva this week and just say, hey, you know, give him a little pointers to just, hey, the team's behind you. How did you guys rally behind Aiden this week? Yeah, you know, like I said, like I seen him, uh, you know, I think it was Saturday. And I just told him, literally, just be you, bro. Like, I, in practice, he's always a scout team guy. So we have exchange periods where, you know, the they're the look team and they got to be the look for, you know, whoever we're playing. And he's always in there. So I'm constantly, you know, you know me, I'm always go above and beyond and hit the quarterback even though I'm not supposed to. And I'm always fucking with them. And uh, he, he's the one quarterback that never says shit. He just takes it and keeps moving. And, uh... That's what I can respect about him. You know, he never, you know, bitches or complains. He's always, like, standing in the pocket and taking it and throwing, you know, no matter what it is. He has pressure in his face. He's always going to try to make the throw. Um, so, yeah, DT, you seen that pause. Um, but, yeah, uh, you know, I got, I got a ton of respect for him. So, yeah, as a leader, you know, no matter what the situation is, it could be a shitty situation. It could be a good situation. Like, no matter what, I'm in a position of leadership. And these are my guys, and I got to instill that confidence in them, um, whether that's 
you know, getting on their ass or, in, you know, encouraging them. Um, but a guy like Aiden, you don't really have to say much. The guy shows up every single day. He carries himself like a vet. So, yeah, you know, the, you know his, his future is super bright. And, you know, I love that dude. All I'm hearing is a whole lot of, you know what I mean? He's got that dog in him. Is that what I'm feeling? Is that what I'm hearing from you? Aiden's got that no, dog, dog in him? He's a dog. It's the, it's the stash. I told him when he came as a rookie. No, facts. Like, when I seen him, when I first came in the league, or when, I, when he first came in the building this year after he got drafted, he's in the weight room doing a workout and shit. And I just looked at him. I'm like, you got to tell me about the stash. Is there a story? What's going on here? I didn't know if it was a fucking, he lost a bet or something. And uh, he was just like, honestly, you know, just one day I woke up and I just shaved, the, you know, shaved the rest of my beard and I just left the mustache and kind of just ran with it. And I'm like, honestly, I fuck with it. He just, you know, he owns it. And I can respect that, and, you know, at the end of the day, you know, he takes heat for it, but he owns it and I'm, I'm all for it. Maybe he's just trying to get a few Swifties in his back pocket, you know? I mean, Travis Kelsey's got a nice little stash going. Is he trying to take something out of Travis Kelsey's book? You tell Honestly, me. I, mean, I think Aiden beat him to the stash, to be honest. Because, so. you know, Travis is typically a beard kind of guy like myself. But, you know, Aiden's been rocking the stash for a minute. So, you know, you gotta got to give him his fucking credit when it's due. I think, if, I think you and Farva need to get a little bet going. That, you know, maybe if he gets out there on a dub next game, if, in case Jimmy's not playing, Timmy G, Timmy Neutron, if he's not out there, then we got to get something going on where the team rallies, you know, a little rally cap on the stash. What are your thoughts on that? You think we should get, we can get that thing going in the locker room? Yeah, honestly, you know, if he, if, you know, God forbid, you know, Jimmy's not able to come back and Aiden's the guy, he comes out, gets a couple dubs, and, you know, we might just have to rally. I'll fucking go mustache if we have to. I might have a super white chin because I haven't shaved this bitch in forever, but um, I'll definitely rally behind that if we have to. If, it, if we can win, then I'm fucking all for it. Amen. Amen. It's kind of like Vrabel. Shout out to Bustin' with the Boys. You know, I hate to do that, but I'll plug him out here if we have to. Um, Vrabel would cut it. Vrabel is willing to cut his piece off for a Super Bowl, right? So if everyone has to put a, a stash on for a Super Bowl, that's, I mean, that's what we're going to do, right? I mean, that's a good compromise. You know, it's not as extreme, but I, I'm definitely willing to sacrifice my, my look, you know, with the red beard going on. But I'll rock a fucking stash. I feel like, uh, you know, everybody can rock a stash at one point in their life. And, I just own it. I love that. So, I love 12, that. I got, I got a question for you, 12. So, Brogan yeah. just asked about the uh, what it took for a rookie quarterback to get ready for this game, right? Now, talk to us about what it takes for a vet and what you had to do to get ready for this week. And we're only in week four. Yeah, you know, uh, every single week, like y'all know, like y'all were at my crib last week, the preparation starts immediately, you know, for the next, for the next game. So, uh Immediately after the game, I'm stretching, I'm doing my normal attacks, I'm doing my normal routine, getting in the cold tub. Uh, that's every single week, but this week was a little bit different. You know, for me, I'm a guy and, you know, it's my fifth year. I've missed literally, I think, one practice so far in my career leading up to this week. And I wasn't able to go on Thursday and Friday. Um, so it was tough for me mentally because I'm a guy that I need to get every single rep. I need to see everything and visualize it and feel it out and have my exact rushes during the week. And I like, I need everything right leading up to the game um, when it comes to preparation. So for me having to sit out Thursday um, and just strictly rehab and, and get cardio in, you know, in the weight room while the guys were going and Friday as well, uh, it was hard as hell because I hate missing practice. And for me, I'm, I'm a leader by example. The guys see me every, you know, every single workout, OTAs, I'm always out there with them. 
so it was hard as hell. I had, you know, some issue going on with my knee. Uh, it, you know, it started in Buffalo and, you know, I had to get some, some blood drain and all, all type of crazy shit it happened before the Pittsburgh game. And then it blew up again, you know, coming into this game. So, uh, yeah, mentally it was, it, it was a battle, but, um, you know, the fans were, were hitting me up worried and freaking out thinking I'm not going to play. But, you know, for me at the end of the day, if I can fucking run with my two feet and my leg and everything is put together, I'm going to find a way to get out there. So yeah, it was a definitely, you know, it was, it was a one, uh, a one of one when it comes to preparation this week, because I haven't had to deal with it, but mentally I was locked in. I felt fresh. And today I played 63 of the 63 snaps on defense and played at a high level. And, um, you know, I was super excited. It was just, you know, the hardest part about it is this league is a day-to-day -day basis. Preparation is literally everything. Everybody's trying to get an upper hand on, on the next guy. So for me, having to kind of take a step back, um, it was, you know, I either could have complained about it and bitched and worried, or I can look at it as a positive and realize, okay, I'm always putting this mileage on my legs. I got to, you know, take a step back to take two steps forward. And I felt like, you know, people got to see that on Sunday. For sure. I mean, you just said it right there. The NFL is a day-to-day -day, like preparation basis, right? So, yeah. um, I mean, I know everyone ate that shit up when Kirk Cousins was showing that his heart was hurting or whatever the hell it was, was hurting his ribs on, uh, on the Netflix show with the quarterbacks. But that's in all yeah. positions, right? I mean, even somebody yeah. that's coming on the other end, hunting that motherfucker down, your body's aching too, right? You just can't cry about I mean, it and be as... Uh, as diva-ish as us quarterbacks might be. But, um, you know, I think, right, Max, you see people in the locker room daily going through these battles and just what it takes for an NFL player and even a, a player at your level to be able to just go out there and show the fans and give your team everything you have. No, 100%. And that's, that's the thing that people don't, like you said, people don't understand what goes into it uh, physically. You know, in my position, I'm a, you know, a big, I'm a red circle guy. So I know I'm going to get extra attention. I'm going to get chips. I'm going to get... There's games where I come back home and my fucking ribs are on fire, my neck is fucked up, my knees hurt, my whole body hurts. Um, but that's what, you know, that's what I'm willing to sacrifice and that's what these guys are willing to sacrifice. Like we talked about, bro, like there's 50, I think 1,500 guys in the NFL and there's billions of people on the planet. This shit is not normal and it's not normal human behavior to go out there and have fucking car crashes on a, you know, weekly basis. So... You know, you got to go above and beyond when it comes to preparation and, and getting your body ready because this shit is, you know, it's a long season, 17 games guaranteed and playoffs on top of that if you make it. So, yeah, it's literally nonstop. And that's, what, you know, that's what I feel like the fans, they don't really get to understand and realize. But, yeah, like I, I, I think I sent you all the picture, but I have fucking two big ass needles put into my knees, sucked out a bunch of fucking uh, blood. It's like 120 cc's. Um, just two days ago, my knee had to get drained. It was completely swollen up, but you go out there and nobody has any idea and you got to perform. So yeah, it's, that's, that's what the league's all about. This man sitting here telling us got needles in his leg, draining all this fluid and he still went out and put <laughs> fucking eight tackles, two sacks, should have been three. I'm not going to let that shit yeah. go. That shit should have been three. <laughs> no, that shit was, I mean, yeah, that hurt, but. They, they can take it how they want, but. That's, that's a yeah, well, you know what the problem was, D, when he got back there and he, he was like, oh, he had a holy shit moment and he's seen Herbie um, just standing back there. I think he thought it was me. 
And then so when I when he got like busy back there, I don't know if it like flashed back to me getting busy on Max back in the heyday or what it was, but Fuck. I mean to yeah. say that I didn't prep you for this moment is fucking tough to 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 agree on, you know. I know it's it was definitely tough. That's probably the first thing you know that goes through my mind on the field is bullying your shit back in the day and just have flashbacks, you know, just what it's all about. Well, it's kind of funny because Herbie looked like he got his fingers jammed up in there today when uh, he threw that pick. And I and hey, does this take you back to Coach Bola? Shout out to Bola. The Bola family runs deep over <laughs> right, Michigan sir. State. But what do you say? Um, I remember I have, like I said, PTSD. If you threw a pick in practice or whatever, I remember him yelling to the D line. You turn and you find that quarterback and you clean him. Yeah. You know what I mean? You clean his <laughs> yes. block. So as soon as I seen it, bro, it was nothing new. I knew this shit was happening. So before I even saw the replay, it was you that hit him. In my head, I'm like, I guarantee, I'm screaming at the air, I go, I guarantee it's Max who fucking laid him out. I guarantee it. But him getting his finger stuck in there, man, I think you and I might have had a few instances of our fingers getting stuck in uh, some helmets back in the day, don't you think? <laughs> okay, you were worried me for a second. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, you know, we can, we can talk about that. It was a, it was a spring practice. Um, we don't have to go into too much detail, but... Basically, it was a fucking a dog of a day. We're fucking dying. It's three weeks into, into spring ball. And, yeah, you know, you decided to fucking throw a slant and follow through with the haymaker to one of my D tackles. So I ran up behind you, grabbed, grabbed your little scrawny ass at the time. And, uh, you know, you turned around and decided to try to fucking yank my helmet off. So then I grab your fucking helmet and we're literally just dislocating each other's necks on the field. And then Craig fucking blows the whistle and we had to do 15 minutes straight. It was three periods straight of up-downs. And it was fucking torture. And me and Brogan just look at each other like, what the fuck? But that day in general was like... Honestly, one of the most fun practices ever because everybody was just on tilt and ready to fight each other. We had gone against each other too much. And I, I remember I fought Ian. Remember I fought Ian, then Breck. Yep. Fucking uh, Coach Pete told Breck to hit me in the nuts when I came, you know, if I came close to the quarterback. And I chased after Breck trying to fight Breck. I got like four fights or something in one day. And you were the fucking cherry on top. We go into meetings the next day and Bull is like, he just has a bunch of dash marks under every guy's name that got in the fight. And I had like five or six or something. And he just looks at me. He's like, I can't defend this. I can't defend I'm like, that's on me, coach. So, yeah, you know, that's the beauty of the game. You know, at the end of the day, you got to find the fucking quarterback on the interception. You know, back to the beginning. Find the fucking quarterback. He's the first guy. He knows where, the, where he threw that pick. So he's got to be the first guy you block. And, uh, yeah, I had to hunt that, hunt that man. 100% man you have to uh, minimize the mistakes especially in a in a division game or in, in the conference game like that um, yeah. on the road like you head on but I'm gonna spin it in let's talk a little bit more about you and your game here today I mean you had a hell of a fucking game bro um, I hope everybody could tune in and just see your motor your heart the game that you love man that's the best part I think about watching you is just seeing like the love you truly have for the game I know I love it we live vicariously through it because that is so contagious. I mean, shout out to my boy Jarvis when we were there. You know, uh, that shit's contagious. contagious. That shit's contagious, <laughs> contagious, bro. That shit's contagious, bro. Um, but, no, man, you, you had a sack there in the second quarter in the red zone. I'm sure you remember it pretty vividly. Uh, but I don't know if you knew this part, man. You had, That was the 68th TFL since 2019 that you had, the second most in the NFL from that time. 
What does that mean to you, man? Because when you came in, everyone knows how crafty you are off the edge, how, how many moves you have in your tool belt. But people don't respect you, I feel like, all the time in the run game. Can you just talk to people about what that, that little stat, that accolade that I threw out there means to you? Um, and you just in that run game and developing as a player, man. I, bro, for me personally, like, that's something, like, ever since I got in the league, everyone always told me, like, they always try to put, like, a fucking ceiling on me. Like, Max, you're a situational rusher. Then I come in, I'm getting a lot of TFLs, getting a lot of sacks, and they're like, okay, well, he's got, there's always something, you know what I mean? Like, somebody said, like, one of the best quotes is, shit, if I would, if I walk, if I fucking walk down water, people would say it's because I can't swim, like, that's the shit I'm talking about. Like, everyone always has something, I feel like, to knock me. Um, and I feel like this season, I feel like nobody's been giving me the credit, even though I've been getting a ton of pressures and doing a lot of things, getting even more attention. Um, but at the end of the day, if you play the game the right way, you fucking take it one play at a time, like, that shit always fucking stands out. And, like, sacks come in bunches, TFLs come in bunches. And for me, like, I want to be the best in the league. I want to be the most complete player on a day-to-day on a play-to-play basis and uh for me like today i played 63 out of 63 snaps and i fucking the night before like i was worried about if my knee was going to be 100 percent um but that's what it takes you know for me i'm gonna do anything in my power to go out there and be the fucking best in the league at what i do and uh whether that's you know it's gonna take five years for everyone to give me that credit or they don't want to you know they don't want to give me the credit like it doesn't matter because i know at the end of the day people the film doesn't lie and uh like you said like last year I led the league in TFLs, and they said I wasn't a run guy. The year before that, you know, they said, oh, well, his pass rush, he could only speed rush. And then I led the league with 100-plus pressures. Like, there's always something, and, like, this year is another challenge. Like, we're 1-3 and three again. We're going through it, but it doesn't matter. For me, if I'm at my best, I know I can affect the game and help us win the game, and that's what I'm literally trying to do every single week. And I put in the put in the work to fucking put that shit on display. So yeah, I take that super personal, bro. I want to be the best in the run, pass, and in every category I could possibly be. And another thing, Max, if you want to head on, let's get on to the dog of the day. Ooh. Dog of the day. Dog of the day. This is easy for me. I've rocked with my boy, my brother, my blood. Josh Jacobs, my homie, he fucking went nuts. 81, uh, 81 receiving yards on eight catches. He also had, I think, 57 yards rushing. Uh, even though the rushing yards weren't there, he made the most of his opportunities. The dude was making people miss, stiff-arming people, um, doing it all. So a guy like that, 139 total yards on the game. Um, you know, you got a rookie quarterback in there. He was looking for... You know, that fucking safety blanket. Josh was definitely that today, and he made people miss um, consistently. So, dog of the day. You know, it's hard, you know, to not give Josh the dog of the day damn near every week because Josh is just one of those guys. He's a he's a pit bull in human form. You know, he's constantly battling injury, constantly battling things and all that type of shit, but he's always showing up on Sundays and, you know, putting his best shit on film. So, Josh Jacobs, you know, that's my fucking boy. That's my day one. 2019 draft class, big time today. That's the third big shout out to them. Another grinder. Another fucking Gruden grinder. A day one. You know, there's not many left of us, you know, on the Raider organization uh, from the Gruden era in that draft class. But me and Josh, you know, we've been holding down. So big shout out to my boy Josh, dog of the day. Easy. Yeah, Hemi Jacobs, he, um, he is just reinserting like the value 
for running backs, in my opinion. Obviously, it's been a tough slate for the injuries for the running backs after the big like holdout type conversation they were having. But Hemi yeah. Jacobs, one of one, uh, he's just really just bringing that value to the running backs and just proving how how helpful it is for a safety blanket like you hit on for a, for a, for a rookie quarterback and even just a quarterback in general. Um, so dog of the day, definitely Josh Jacobs. That dude is a fucking pit. He is a pit. One hundred percent. Under discussion. Um, let's take on to another big moment in the game. It was fourth down. I believe it was fourth and two, um, down seven. Can you just elaborate kind of what was going on, what you guys saw in that huge stop to get the ball back? Because, I mean, I, I feel like Patrick Graham led defense. You guys get a lot of shit. I mean, honestly, you guys get a lot of shit yeah. over there, and people want to talk and, and all that shit. But all of a sudden, it's crunch time, it's money down, it's fourth and two, and you guys make a play. Can you just talk us through that play and kind of what you guys saw? Yeah, you know, I'm glad you brought up Pat Graham because uh, this exact play is exactly what he tells me not to do. And it's the second time versus the Chargers where I've gone over the top and stopped the QB sneak. And, you know, he always tells me in practice, you got to get underneath them. And <laughs> that's how we stop it. I'm like, coach, let everybody else chop the fuckers down and let me go over the top. That shit works because I can time it. And, uh, yeah, you know, so this is like, I think it's the third time in my career where I've gone over the top on a QB sneak and, and stuffed the runner. So, yeah, in that moment, like, we knew we needed to get a stop. But I got to give my shout-out to Bilal Nichols. It was third and ten before that. Herbert fucking makes a crazy, elaborate scramble, spins out of a sack. He's fucking running for a first down. Bilal comes out of the stack, dives, grabs his ankle, and stops him a yard short to put us in that position. So you got to give him the big credit on that because without him, you know, we wouldn't even have been in that position. So, yeah, big shout out to my guy Bilal. But, yeah, no situations. Pat, you know, I love you and I always give him shit about this. But in practice, I always even fuck around. I'm like, I'm going over the top, Pat. And so this is the second time versus the Chargers back-to-back years where I went over the top and got that fourth down, you know, QB sneak, QB sneak stop. So, yeah, that shit, you know, everyone's got their own fucking theory on how to stop the QB sneak. For me, I feel like I, I just got to go fucking flying and – can we talk about that? Can we talk about that? Because I yeah. I know we've talked about it numerous times, but whatever the hell that is, submarine, QB sneak, <laughs> shout out to yeah. the Eagles, because I think they're the ones that like started this entire movement. But yeah. from a defense standpoint, how fucking annoying is it? Is it like you're playing Army and Navy over there and they're just cutting your shins out and they're gonna get that one yard and people being able to shove them? Do you do you like that rule? Do you think it's cool? Is that something that they should change down the road? I'm just curious. Quarterback, I love it. Push my fucking ass as far as you can. Anytime a play becomes super hard to stop, everyone immediately goes, they should fucking ban it. But the Eagles have fucking found a way to master the QB sneak. Um, so you got to give them the credit for that shit. It's made it harder now because, like you said, it's fucking Army, Navy. They're on all fours basically diving at your knees. And Jalen Hurts is a smaller quarterback with fucking big, strong legs, and he can run the ball. So... That's something that people don't take into account because they're like, why the fuck doesn't everybody do it? But everybody's not Jalen Hurts. He's a running back, you know, a running back build playing quarterback. So they just found them how to master it and they motion in a tight end and he pushes it. So it's like, it makes it even harder to stop. So yeah, it's not a fucking easy play to stop, but you know, you got to give credit to Philly because they fucking do it at a high level. There's a lot of teams that suck at quarterback sneaking. So, you know, they just found a way to master it and, you know, you got to give credit where credit's due. 
Yeah, I feel like those motherfuckers over in Philly, they'll do it on third and two, even third and three. Like, they're that confident yeah. they're going to get that many yards, right? And then you get them in a fourth yeah. and one situation, it's tough because you know you're down there in four down territory because they're going to go for that one to two yards and just push them all the way through, right? And uh, yeah. Jalen Hurts over here squatting 700 pounds. So, a little abnormal. Yeah. Quarterback. Slightly. 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 I was literally just going to say that. Um, yeah. another, another huge point in the game um, – a little touchy, I don't. I mean, no pun intended. But uh, what was said though between you and Herbert after the late hit, hit from Tillery that I think you guys were going to get off the field on? I saw the cameras went to you too. It looked like you guys were chopping it up. Can you give us a little insight to what kind of kind of, kind of conversation you two were having out there? Yeah, you know, uh, every time I play Herbert, you know, we have a ton of conversation on the field. You know, we got a mutual respect for each other. We went to the Pro Bowl together multiple times. Um, so we're always, always chopping it up and talking and it's just a mutual respect. Cause I tell him, you know, literally from the start, like first couple of rushes, I'm gonna be right next to him. Like I, I let him know every time, be like, I'm fucking here. I'm gonna be here all fucking night. And in that situation, Jerry made a bad play. You know, he, we talked about after the game, he admitted his mistake. Um, you just can't do that shit. You know, it hurts the team. And, uh, if I were to do it, I would have to fucking say the same thing. You know what I mean? It's shit happens but he knows he made a mistake in a, in, in a big moment and for me after it happened uh i went up to herbert just making sure he was fucking his brain was still intact because he got laid the <laughs> fuck out um but yeah he said he was good and it was what it was you know their whole fucking sideline was on our ass immediately um, a mob. And, a mob. and yeah a mob and you know as much as i dislike the chargers i respect that shit because you know, anytime, especially the quarterback, like that's that's your guy. You got to protect them and their whole fucking team and coaches and everybody was in there. So, yeah, you know, I, we were definitely outnumbered, but uh, it was what it was. You know, it's it's a tough play. You just, like I said, like me and Jerry talked about it, but you just you can't do shit like that in in, in big games. For sure, no, I think the uh, the reaction was warranted uh, there in SoFi, and uh, kind of just speaking of SoFi. Um, can you just talk about kind of just the Chargers in general and what they were doing against you and what you saw out there? Or maybe um, do they always scheme a certain way whenever you tend to play the Chargers? Yeah, you know, every time we play them, we know they like to air the shit out. You know, they, they love throwing the ball, um, you know, going spread formations and, and toss the ball to Keenan. And, you know, they got a ton of fucking weapons. Um, obviously, Eckler was out. We knew that. So the, the receiving on the backfield um, wasn't going to be the same. And uh, it really, it wasn't today, but they were trying to feed Keenan. I think he only had three catches. Um, but yeah, every time you play a team like that, like you got to be out of your best when it comes to your pass rush. You got to be coordinated because you're not only going to be rushing and getting after the quarterback, but at the same time, that fucker can run. He's going to run to the B gap. He's going to run out the back. He's, he does a lot of shit with the ball and he always is trying to make the play. He's never trying to just go down and take the sack. Like he's throwing from the fucking ground if he has to. So you know, I respect that about his game. You know, him and Josh Allen are very similar in that way. Like, they're never just going to go down and whatever, fucking surrender the down. Um, and teams like that, like, that's, you know, when you're in practice, you got to work on finishing. Like, even if, you know, we got the scout team quarterback, they're saying stay off the quarterback. Like, I'm going to still knock the fucking ball out of tan just to get that mental rep. And, uh, you know, I feel like it pays off when it comes to the game because – when you got a guy like Herbert who's always trying to make plays, you got to fucking hunt him and you got to finish, you know, every single rep. 
I saw you crawling on the ground. I think you made a tackle on the running back, and uh, I think he was laying down on his stomach, and you were up there just after the play just trying to grab that ball, just fucking with them, letting them know you're there, right? I mean, yeah. we saw that a little bit in the Netflix series, with the quarterback, you with Mahomes, just tapping him in the chest, letting him know you're there, right? I mean, 100%. That's yeah, yeah, that's a part of it. You know, no matter what, even if he's down, like I'm gonna always punch the ball out of the running back's hand just to let him know and be like, yeah, I'm fucking, I'm coming for that ball. And um, I do the same shit with Herbert. Like when I got the first strip sack, I was like, yeah, motherfucker, I'm coming. And uh, that's just, you know, it is what it is. But you gotta let him know. You know, for me, there's there's a game inside the game, and I'm always, you know, I'm always trying to, you know, win that mental edge. All right, Wap, I got a question for you. Talk to me, brother. All right, we're in the fourth quarter, right? You guys are down 14. You came in through with your, your, your big sack. All right. Yeah. Now, what the people don't understand is <laughs> how you got that sack. Sorry. Sorry. You can't just say that. All right. I was looking at both. I got it. With your big sack. With your big sack. I'm sorry. I was talking about that the whole time. Please, Max, talk to us about your lot. big that's sack. I, that's why I didn't so look up. So your shaft is long. Let's explain the diameter around your pole. Let's oh, how do you fit it in right. your jack strap? All right, fourth quarter. All right, downtown. You guys yeah. needed a big play. You, you came through with the sack, okay, through the clutch. People don't understand the a pivotal piece as to how you got that sack, right? Yeah. And that's from your D-tackle. You, you guys did a TE, a nice little game. Um, but he had the guard's shoulders completely turned to the sideline. Talk about how pivotal that is uh, to really lean on. Like, he's not going to get that in a stat sheet. Um, yeah. But how that made it possible uh, for you to get that big play. Yeah. No, I'm glad you brought this up because Adam Butler, big shout out to you, bro. He's a fucking awesome fucking human being in general. But this dude is like, when you talk about IQ, this dude is top notch. Ever since I've been in the league, I haven't had a guy like, this level of, all right, the slide's going this way, boom, boom, boom. Like, he's the best communicator on the field. Um, he played, he won a Super Bowl with New England. The guy's just fucking on it all the time. And so this is early in the game. We're talking about it. He's like, the me game's going to work. Me game, text, TE, whatever the fuck you want to call it. But um, all the same, but he was like, bro, I'm telling you. He's like, I'm going to get a three tech. I'm going to hit that bitch. He's like, just fucking take it upfield. You're going to be straight. And I told him, I'm like, don't even worry about the tackle because he's already panicking, running out, trying to block me. So... There's going to be space in there. So fast forward, it's the fourth quarter, big down in the game, big moment. Sorry about the burp. But um, this was not even planned. I went in. It was literally right before the play. I seen the chip coming over. The tight end fucking comes over. And I looked at him. I go, hit that bitch. And so he's like, bet. So it happened right before the snap. So he winds out, boom, hits it. I fucking sell it upfield, and I had a fucking clean lane, and I just took off. And, uh, you know, you got to give it credit to everybody, and that's the beautiful thing about football. The fucking the, – the coverage held up. They made him hold the ball. Adam fucking communicated it two quarters before, and the shit just came together like that. And that's, you know, that's the shit people don't see. Um, so, yeah, he doesn't get that in the stat sheet. But Adam is the number one. He's like fucking Rondo. He's going to go out there. He might score four points. He's going to have 20 fucking assists. And that's what, you, you know, you got to have guys like that on the team. You know, vets who are unselfish and, and just care about winning. So, yeah, Adam was, you know, he was the one that, that set that up for me. So it was, it was fucking beautiful. But, no, man, there's nothing worse from a quarterback perspective. You're going through the progression, your progressions. You go, you hit your first read, your second read. You're going to, going to your third for poss possibly your back or a tight end out on a check down. 
And then, you know, there's nothing worse than having that clock windling down. And then here you come down the middle screaming like a fucking maniac, come to take his head <laughs> off, you know? Yeah, 100%, bro. Those are the opportunities you fucking love. Um, you know, being on the left side, majority of the time, you don't have a ton of clean ass, like they're not seeing you type sacks. Like majority of the time they're going to see you coming. you got to be athletic, make a play. Um, but yeah, on that one, uh, I was coming hot and he was looking off and I was fucking, I was just like, hold the ball, hold the ball. <laughs> and we made a play. So yeah, it was, it was a big moment in the game. Absolutely. So let's fast forward here. Uh, 24 hour rule, right? We're gonna let you bask in it tonight, but then tomorrow we're right back onto the Packers, right? We're moving yeah. forward. Um, Monday night football. Just tell me, man, what does Monday night football mean to you growing up? I'm sure I know you're, you're a gym rat. Just what does Monday night football mean to you? Yeah, Monday night football just means everybody's fucking watching. You know, at the end of the day, you got one football game on. Everybody in the world is going to be watching that shit. Um, and I love that. You know, for me, I love the pressure. I love being in the spotlight, uh, playing in the biggest game. So, uh, you know, I'm fired up. I cannot wait. Uh, obviously, after a tough loss, it makes it even your anticipation. You're fucking, you're like, I want to get back out on the field. So, um, obviously, we got to watch the film together tomorrow. Uh, but after that, we're going to fucking lock in, get ready for the Packers. And like you said, Monday Night Football, we we got to win. You know, the Packers are coming off a tough loss as well to, to the Lions. And uh, we know it's not going to be an easy game. And on top of it, Rich Passaccia is over there in Green Bay. Joe Barry. Yeah, big shout out to Rich. Joe Barry, the D coordinator. He... Uh, He's married to Coach Marinelli's daughter. So their whole, like, I got a ton of connections over there in Green Bay. Got a ton of respect for them. You know, Matt LaFleur, all those guys, they were um, they were the Pro Bowl coaches two years ago. So I got to meet all those guys. They're fucking, you know, phenomenal coaches and good people. So um, I know they're going to be prepared. And, uh, you know, we're, we're definitely, definitely looking forward to getting our first, you know, first home win uh, at Allegiant. So we're, we're fired up. Rich Passacci, that might be Will Compton's favorite coach of all time, right? He's my favorite coach of all time. Marinelli is <laughs> number one, but Versace is he's 1B, for sure. For sure, for sure. No, that guy's yeah. a guru on special teams and even probably a better person, just from what I've heard and hearing it from you and other past yeah. players. So, um, Did you get a chance to watch Thursday Night Football between the Lions and the Packers at all? Yes. Uh, you know, every week we, uh, we have our D-line dinners. Uh, first week we were at the you know at the cribbo, uh, but besides that you know we we change it up every single week. Sometimes we go to a steakhouse, sometimes we go to another teammate's house. Last week we we're at Jerry's. Um, big shout out to Jerry's, you know, whole family and the whole crew. They fucking dialed it up. Angie and the whole crew from the Raiders they came and cooked it up at the crib, and we watched the game. So uh, yeah, shit like that is you know super important. We feel like you know that's why we're getting better and better and gelling together because. We spent a lot of time off the field together as well. So, yeah, we were dialed in. We watched the whole game. And, you know, fucking Green Bay, you know, they struggled early on, but they ended up coming back and making it a game, you know, late. So, you know, they're, they're a team that's resilient. They got a lot of young guys. Um, but, yeah, they're well coached. And, you know, anytime you got a lot of, you know, talented young players and great coaches, uh, you got a great challenge coming. So we know it's going to be it's going to be a dogfight. So, Matt, question for you. I know we're talking here of everyone, you know, being remote, DT, Cleveland area, Brogan, Michigan, yourself, Vegas, myself, Pittsburgh. Is there a, a venue or is there a team, a conference that in your four to five years that you haven't played at yet that you're, like, looking forward to? Um, I would have to say Detroit. I haven't played in Detroit. I've played in a lot of different places. 
Um, but I have not played in Detroit. Obviously, fucking oh, Eastern yeah. Michigan, 20, 25 minutes down the road. Yeah. Big shout out to Eastern. You see it in the back. DT, big shout out. Go Eagles. Go. Uh, yeah, you got the East. Yeah, I got. Like, I mean, fuck. Bro, show me Pat. Come on. Yeah, show, show me your E, Brogan. <laughs> fucking fraud. I um, think it's anywhere. Yeah. You got it? <laughs> right here. Back in my until I die, though, you know. Right? Exactly. Um, but, yeah, I, I would have to say Ford Field. Um, I practiced there when we were at Eastern. I feel like we all fucking were there when we practiced there um, way back. But I have not played in an actual game there. And, obviously, there's going to be the whole fucking crew there. We're going to have everybody out, the whole fam. Fucking Coach Curry is probably going to bring the whole fucking Eastern athletic department <laughs> It's going to be fucking going down. Fucking uh, our boy, Scott Weatherby, is going to be in there, the 98 jersey. Let's go. Shout Three out to XL Weatherby. Size. Big shout out to the Scott Weatherby. It's going, to be, uh, it's going to be quite the time. So, yeah, that's definitely, that's got to be one that I've been like, yeah, I need to play in, play in Detroit. All right, this is the rush segment of the show. This is where we break down our three top rushers that we all collectively come up with um, during the week around the league. Um, so this week, we're going to start with number three, Andrew Van Ginkle. I'm going to give a little story behind this guy. This dude was at XO's with me. He doesn't say much. I believe he was undrafted. Y'all got to look that up. He might have been a late-round pick or undrafted, but dude is a fucking great special teams player. He comes in on situational downs as a rusher, plays linebacker. Dude constantly is making plays, so... I got to give him his flowers because he gets, you know, slept on a little bit. But this week, Jalen Phillips was down. Andrew Van Ginkle stepped up. He was starting this week. He ended up with two sacks, three TFLs, and a tough loss. But he's one of those guys that every time he goes out on the field, he's making plays. And I feel like he's like the Brody Hoying when we were in college. You know, no matter what he looks like, he's not, you know, not the most intimidating looking dude, but he's going to go out there and make plays. Um, he reminds me of Gardeck from the Cardinals. Little fucking white dude, special teamer, always goes out there, gets sacks, makes plays. Um, and so he had one of those games. You know, he had five tackles, three TFLs, and two sacks um, on Josh Allen. So you got to give him his props on that. I Number did my two. draft process with Gardeck. Oh, I'm sorry. I ruined this process. Oh, no, no, I did my draft good. process with Gardeck. Um, dude's a fucking worker, dude. Out in Arizona over at Fisher. Uh, yes. He is a worker, grinder, went and played at Sioux Falls for everybody that doesn't know. Three little last school. Gruden's yeah. grinder, baby. He's a Gruden's uh, grinder, no question. Yeah, he's just going to get better and better. But, yeah, just to that point, man, Dennis Gardak is a fucking animal and someone to be watching for, for sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. 151st pick. 151st pick, yep. Ginkle was in my fucking draft. And uh, he was injured at Exos, but that dude, he was quiet, fucking worked his ass off, and he's still in Miami, still in Miami balling out. So big shout-out to him. Number two, got to go with my guy, Josh Allen. Uh, fucking, we came in together as well. 2019, big shout out, best draft class with rushers, no question, um, in a long time. But, yeah, you got to give your respect to Josh Allen. He had his second three-sack game of the year, which is nuts. Um, he had three sacks today, forced fumble. Um, he's gotten better and better every single year. He was, a, I think, the seventh overall pick to the Jags um, in my class. And you just see that guy getting better and better every single year. Me and him, uh, we're good buddies. He FaceTimed me, I think, last year um, before the Chiefs game, asking me, hey, they're about to play the Chiefs in the playoffs. And him and Arden were on the Jags FaceTiming me, asking me, yo, what do you see from Wiley? What do you see from Orlando? Blah, 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 blah. 
and uh, just seeing him come into his own, you know, every single year he gets better and just keeps elevating. And uh, him having another three sack game, you know, you got to give his props. He's got all type of tools. He can cross chop. He can speed the power, long arm. Uh, he's got a lot in his tool bag. He's just gotten better and better. So big shout out to Josh Allen. Huge day. Three sacks. He's number two on the day. But unfortunately, we got to give a number one to the boy, Khalil Mack. Major respect to him. He had six sacks today, which is ridiculous. Um, obviously playing against me um, and our team. And he had fucking a career day. Um, every time, you know, he plays the Raiders, it seems like he has, you know, something to prove, which I, you know, totally respect. And uh, he's one of those guys, you know, I got mutual respect for him. We always chop it up, you know, either pregame, postgame. Um, and he's one of the, you know, he's, he's a guy that's, you know, on his way to a Hall of Fame career. So um, him having six sacks after not having the sack in the first three weeks is insane. And, uh, yeah, he's one of those guys when you talk about, you know, toolbox, the dude could long arm anybody off their feet. Um, he's got a ton in his bag and he's just, he's been consistent as a top five, top 10 guy for the last damn near 10 years. So another Mac dude, big shout out to Eastern, big shout out to Buffalo, shout out to the Maction boys. Um, you know, seeing him kill it, you know, he's definitely, you know, he set the blueprint, you know, for guys like myself and other guys in the Mac. So yeah, big shout out to Khalil, even though it was against my team, uh, he fucking went federal today. So big shout out to federal. Him. That boy went federal today. Yes, he did. All right, y'all. This is another fucking episode, number two. We just locked in, talked about all the behind the scenes from this week's obviously tough loss. But this is what we're going to be doing every single week, getting you guys tied into the behind the scenes, the in-depth, the fan questions, the dogs of the days, the rush at the end. You know, this is what we're going to do on a weekly basis. So we just want to say we appreciate you, Greater Nation always coming in full effect um be, be on the lookout subscribe we're gonna be dialed in all season long we appreciate you guys we love you rogan my co-host fucking appreciate you dustin creel the behind the scenes darian as well fucking holding it down we appreciate you guys always man this is the rush let's get it